These are my friends, Johan and uh, Paula, and they are uh, they're special people. Now, Paula serves on our staff team. She works beside Carlos and Sugar Hill Espanol, which is just an incredible ministry. Right now, there's probably about 200 folks worshiping in our chapel right now. And uh, I think you guys would probably have to admit, your music is a little more lively than ours, isn't it? I mean, maybe not. Yeah, I've been over there. Y'all have a big time. I have no idea what you're saying, but I love it. You know, it's just captivating. So uh, here's their story, and I want them to be able to share it. But uh, in brief, July 4, uh, Paula is in, uh, out of the country to visit family, and Johan has an accident. And this accident uh, led to the medical team saying that he was about three minutes away from bleeding out and dying. And, and in many ways, if I remember right, Paula, when you told me the story of the emergency room, they, they'd kind of assumed this guy's not going to make it. And yet, you know, look at him. He Clearly, he did. Uh, but what's wonderful about the story in the midst of that is they amputate his left leg above the knee. And so underneath those blue jeans is a very cool-looking prosthetic, like a high-tech. You were like the $6 million man and, uh, and worth every penny, I might add. But tell us about what happened, and, and don't, don't miss this part, because I love this story about the guy in the mower, all right? Well, um, good morning. When July 4, it was, it changed our life. Um, I was bleeding, I was screaming that day almost for five minutes. Um, you know, nobody, you know, on the street, like, a, I was alone. Um, this is something our neighbors told us after, I, I never pay attention to this, but our neighbor across the street, uh, he was mowing uh, his yard. He stopped uh, his mower for a few seconds. Um, he asked his wife, hey, did you hear something? He said, no, not really, probably fireworks. And then he tried to start the mower again, and the mower was like a dead, you know. He tried, he tried, he tried, nothing. Further so, proof that... When God says to a lawnmower, done, we should all just go in and get a cold glass of water and watch a ball game. Yeah. So Sorry, I know that wasn't part of the testimony. But it was God, you know, because otherwise the guy never heard me, you know, screaming. So then he heard me, he approached me and, you know, a lot of blood. Um, and then we have a, one of our neighbors is a cop. So he wasn't at home. He was with, coming from a different city at that day. But he said 100% of the time when they're out of the city, they, he always stopped to drink a coffee. But they, that day, he tried to do that, but his wife told, told him, hey, you know what, don't stop. Go straight to our house. I don't know why, but go straight, go straight, go straight. They didn't stop. And then once he... Uh, uh, Pulling into the garage, so he's, uh, my nervous started hearing me, you know, screaming, but he didn't, couldn't see me. Uh, then he saw the neighbors, you know, in our house, so he came and, you know. Uh, so the neighbor again? and the police officer are here to help. Yeah. So the Further police officer. We should all have a police officer live in our neighborhood. Yeah. The police officer, pretty much, he did, uh, he put like a tourniquet. A, a tourniquet and he stopped the bleeding until the ER, the emergency 
the ambulance has, uh, came. Um, but according to the cop, he said, you know, three, three more minutes and you will be dead in front of your house. Um, uh, during this journey, you know, there's something I couldn't share this morning, uh, but I want to share with you is the promise that God gave me when I was in ICU. It was Isaiah 41st 10. So don't, do not be afraid, I'm with you. Do not be terrified, I'm your God. I will make you strong, I will help you. I will hold you safe in my hands. I will always do what is right. Um, Come on, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's so good. You know, at the beginning, some people say, you know, this is God's will, but you, we, don't, we know that this is not God's will. I think as a parent, you know, we want to hurt our children. So this is something that the enemy tried to do so we can fight with God. Um, but God, you know, he was on the cross. The cross is a curse, but he turned the cross into a blessing. Amen. And this is something that God is going to turn into a blessing. Um, so this is like a, the summary. Pretty much my wife have more details. Um, so uh, let me, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So uh, Carlos uh, mentions to me one day that we could come by and stop and see you guys at home. And by the way, y'all have a lovely home, and thanks for letting us come in. Uh, Zach and I had lunch there earlier this week. If you want some serious food, get this girl to cook a Colombian meal. That will bless your situation, I promise you. But now those little plantain situations, bless the Lord, oh my soul. That is ridiculous how good those things. Anyway, so uh, I... Carlos and I get to the home, and literally on the way, I'm thinking, call Beth, because I want to get a handful of gift cards. I want to be a blessing to these folks. They've been so gracious, so kind. And what, uh, part of what Johan didn't, didn't share with you, that is, uh, I think he had ticked Satan off pretty significantly because he was leading the prayer effort for Sugar Hill Espanol. And, uh, and just, I mean, it just blew my mind when I walked in there. One of the greatest things that I have ever heard was while I was there to be a blessing, he blessed me when he said, I, what, I, what I've learned out of this already is that God wants me to be even a greater prayer warrior. I want to pray like never before. I want to pray that double portion. I want, I want to pray fire down. And I thought to myself, oh, my stars, that's not what I would be thinking with this. And uh, the more I heard that, the more blessed I was. So, Pilate, when, uh, when that first time where they were th Carlos, I, I'm not sure I fully understand, but surely at this point you're hearing your husband say these things, and this has significantly affected you and the kids, and so what's going on in your world as a result of all this? Well, um, as you know, when we get married, we become one flesh, so I, it was really hard, it was really hard, and it is still hard, but I think that's why you have a husband or you have a wife, like someone who supports you and who goes through all these things with you. So um, in the middle of that, obviously, he was mad. He was mad and he was frustrated and he was, and we were not completely understanding why was this happening to us. But 
that promise came in the middle of our situation and we just believed that and we still believe that. And even when there are still hard days, we just go and, and try to fulfill his purpose because we, I didn't mention this earlier, but um, we came here eight years ago from Colombia and we didn't know, we weren't looking to come to the US. We were fine where we were. We were looking for a new job opportunity, but the Lord brought us here. And every day we understand more why he brought us Amen. here. We didn't plan this day and we didn't plan this, of course, but he did. He mm. did and he knows. He knows the beginning and he knows the end. Mm. And we have seen his fingerprints in everything that has happened to us. So it has been hard, but you know, he just makes us stronger every day and, and, and the glory is for him. Yeah, you know, Johan, what they call that in the States here is that you have outkicked your punt coverage. Meaning, man, she, you, you married over your head, you know? <laughs> uh, so when I was talking with them, we're praying with them, and I'm, I'm telling Carlos, okay, it's time to leave. We gotta go, we got other appointments. Uh, Johan looks at me and says, hang on, pastor, we have something for you. And uh, I thought, man, there's, it, there's no way it could get any better. I, would, I, I, I was so blessed by just chatting with, with y'all. And I didn't tell you this the first hour, but it, I just wanna tell you, just being in your home and seeing the peace that the Lord has brought to your home in the midst of this chaos is overwhelming. I'm sure there are times you're climbing the walls, but you know, we, when you're around people who are at peace with the Lord, it's captivating. And, and John, you, you have blessed me in that. So when you said, wait, uh, we just waited. And then uh, Paula gave us a check. She said, we wanted, to, we wanted to give a little something back to the church. They've been so gracious and kind. And I'm, I, was, I thought, that's just ridiculous. We're here to give to you. And so I opened the check and it was $20,000. And I literally looked at Johan and said, are you high? And at that time he said, yes, <laughs> but my wife is not. And so th that came about because somehow, some way, not only working with a good company, but also uh, thinking ahead and, and having uh, another policy that could aid with that funds became available, but you'd think that was cool, right, to see that happen. The Lord says, uh, when we give with a joyful heart, he blesses us richly, but you know, he doesn't always bless us financially, he just, he blesses us. I mean, the simple fact that you walked out here on a prosthetic leg and not quite six months ago, you were three minutes from dying, that alone's a pretty good blessing, but it got better. Um, so either one of you tell us about what happened with the prosthetic okay first is not even four months since he since the accident and and it has been amazing just his recovery and we are in the middle and living it one day at a time so we don't feel it that way but when people say hey you are already walking you are not with a walker you are not with a wheelchair so yes now he's um, with his cane and, and and doing really good but Okay, here's one cool thing. When, when that happened, when, when we prayed the Lord and we put God first um, with that check, um, we wanted to keep that like in secret or like we didn't want people to find out about that, but uh, we gave it to Pastor Chuck, so. 
We didn't know <laughs> that was going to happen. That wasn't in the script. That wasn't in the script. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we, we were like, well, no, we will just be obedient and we will give this to God because we, we, we are just going to obey. And um, at that time, we didn't know about that um, supplemental insurance and all that. We didn't know what was going to happen with his prosthesis. We didn't know what was going to happen with the rest of the bills that we were getting from the hospital. We were just trusting the Lord. And so we did that. Time happened. Uh, time um, <laughs> passed. So we went to the appointment. Uh, that first appointment when you, they have to find out all about your lifestyle so they feed you with the perfect prosthesis. And the guy said, well, this is the best for you because has, like, it is like, it has a um, computer, it's a computer knee. So um, it is like the best of the best. So, but insurance might not cover it because, you know, it is, it's really expensive and this and that. So, but that day we just gave the check and we forgot about the rest. So when the time came to find out what the insurance say, we came that day to that appointment and they just, the guy was like, hey, I have good news and bad news. And well, he started with the good news. The good news were your insurance approved 100%. <laughs> So, wow, well, the rest was... <laughs> Listen, when God messes around deductible, something's going on. So that was like, wow. We, by that time, obviously, we celebrated with friends and that and, and family. But uh, I told Pastor Chuck today, like, we need... It's not, it's not that we want to keep it a secret because of, you know, you give, but you just give. You don't, you don't have to tell everybody that you gave. But... When the Lord has to be, like, the glory is, is to him. Amen. So we, I told him, I, we need to share this not because of what we gave, but because what he's doing through that. Because literally one of the, the blessing keeps coming with the insurance. Uh -huh. uh, but now, what's your thoughts when, when you get the word on the insurance? Because it, it's, your, it's your prosthetic. Um. Well, it's, it's, it's fun in some way because the technician, when he usually he say, you know, it's going to take like a probably two weeks. And 90% of the time, the insurance is denying this, this kind of prosthesis. Um, a week later, he called us and said, you know what, this, it was approved. And he's, he's, he had a meeting. They usually have a meeting every Monday with their staff and say, everybody was coming like a the insurance denied it, the insurance denied it, but I was the only one who the procedure was approved. Wow. Um, wow, that's very cool. And it keeps going, though. I mean, so it goes from that, and then this past week I learned from Paula that uh, her brother had a bit of a financial crisis in Colombia, and uh, this story actually happens this morning. Uh, so when you were sharing your, your brother, tell me, tell me the number of pesos he needed. 37 million pesos. Okay, when I heard that, I thought, I'm going to have a heart attack. But that means in U.S., how much? Like 12,000. Yeah, 12,000. So I felt a little better <laughs> right then, right? And then what I came to find out was uh, in a conversation with your mom, there's some healing and some, some process. And in and, and your conversation and in prayers, mom helps your brother mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but he still, and, and what's bigger, the company just kind of said, okay, we, we'll take that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, they, my mom, I talked to my mom this week, and I told her just to try to help him, like, because she was complaining about my brother doing this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, mom. <laughs> That's what my sister now complains about me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know what? Why don't we, don't you try to help him and, and see what, what we can do? Like, let's see if, we, if you can help him and I, we'll see what we can do for him too. Because he has been planning to uh, buy a house. He has two little kids and, and, and right now because of that debt that he's paying interest for like three, four years, just paying interest and in, in interest. So... But now, the, between mom and you, you, it was about half of it, and it. Yeah, so my mom got half. They told, like, he had a deadline yeah. on Friday, and he told him, you just have to give us 10 million pesos, which is like $3,000. Okay, the million thing freaks me out. You've got to stop <laughs> saying that. Um, so at the end of the 930 service, to show you how these blessings kind of trickle down in the, in the Lord's economy, I have this guy walk up on a platform named Jim, and he says, did I understand right that her brother still needs about $6,000? I said, when I look beyond all the millions, yes, something like that. And I said, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out how to raise it. And he said, well, you don't need to. I got it. Yeah. And so that's just weird. I'm telling you, this just, that's, this just keeps happening. Yes, and it is weird because I'm sorry. Uh, I, I have to say this, like, you know, I speak fluent heavenly language, like, you know. Oh so I'm sorry, I, I, wasn't, I, <laughs> I wasn't clear, but the, the dev, like, they called that um, company on Friday and they say, okay, we just have 5 million pesos, no, the 10 million to arrange the things to cover the 37 million. So they say, okay, if you, gave, if you, give, if you give us the 5 million today, you are... Done. We are done. So you won't, you, you won't owe the 37 million. So the pay was off. How great is that? Yeah. So, so I have a phone the, call the to make is, to Jim now to say, hey, Jim, what do you think about moving that money over into Imagine Zero? <laughs> Knowing him, he, he'll be cool with that. Yeah. It is, it is paid. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the, the, the miracles that God Amen. does through this. My brother is not a Christian, you know. He's not... But my mother is. But I don't know if I just failed yesterday when well, maybe my mom part told of our us. Prayers, so we just start praying for your brother then and let him come to faith in Christ and let it be one more blessing yes. in the trail. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. right. I got to preach, y'all, and I got five minutes. <laughs> I can't say hello in five minutes. So let's do this. Uh, Johan, would you mind praying for us? And uh, that would bless us. Let's pray. Um. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity to share our story. Thank you, because I know this is um, it's impacting many lives as the same way you are impacting our life. Give us strength, give us joy. But the most important is not about us, it's about you. What are you doing? Even in the, um, even in the when there are conflicts, when there are uh, battles that we, have, we are facing, you are faithful and you're, you give us the victory. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. We love you. Thank you, you Pastor. Thank you so much. Yeah. Can yeah. I say just one more yes, thing before please. I leave? Because I didn't say it in the first service, and I know we have to rush, but uh, I, we just want to encourage you because we don't know what you are going through, but please believe 
what Isaiah 41.10 has to say. And just as Zach just, the last song, um, he makes all things work together for our own good. Amen. We have to believe that and just trust and obey because Amen. you you will see, you will see his hand and he will always be with you. Thank okay, you. Okay, we're done. Good sermon. Yeah. Love you, buddy. Grateful for you. Paolo, we love you. All right, I, I got five minutes. I'm preaching. Buckle up. All right. I want to start off with a. Uh, I want to start off with a little bit of a confession time. Okay. Uh, number one, let me say to you, uh, this is the week I'm supposed to tell you why you should give, how much you should give, and how you commit to give, so that next week you can do all that. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to trust that y'all know that, and that next week that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, I had I, me and God went at it this week. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I have been so angry with the Lord this week, and, and he has been so frustrated with me this week. I, I left after Bobby and I talked about money all through last week, and I just want to tell you, I'm so sorry. I, I know we need to get rid of the debt. I know we ought to pledge. I know we ought to give. I, I get all that. I guess my problem is I felt like in a little bit of a way I, I may have... I may have had a motivation that wasn't on point last Sunday. My desire might have been for you to give more than for you to do this one thing that the Lord has asked me to tell you today. And so I want to try to be faithful. And I want to say to you, if, if the Lord doesn't tell you to give, do not give. If the Lord is not clear with you that you... you for whatever reason, it's like, no, I don't want to do that, or their church is after money, or all whatever. Just don't give. Please don't do that. You know, I, I'm not saying that out of frustration. I'm saying out of that, this is what the Lord told me to tell you, and I just want to be faithful to it. Because I promise you, whatever the Lord wants to do through y'all and the first service and the folks online and the rest of the membership, and the Lord's going to do all that. And my great hang-up this week was surrendering that and saying, Lord, I'm going to let you take care of this two and a half million we're trying to raise, and I'm, I am not, not going to pressure anybody, and I am not going to use improper motivation to try to encourage you to cry and feel sappy about some story. I just, I, so if I had one thing, if I knew I was going to die at one o'clock today, what would be the one thing that I think the Lord wants me to say to you? Are you ready? I believe the Lord would say to me, Above all things, Chuck, would you forget about two and a half million dollars and would you say what you desperately want your people to know? I want you to know God. I want you to know God. I don't want you to know about God. I don't want you to know about the things of God. I don't want you to measure God based on his church. I want you, your heart, I want you to know God. Period. I want you to know God. But, but there's a reason behind all this. Because to know God is to love him. To love him is to trust him. To trust him is to obey him. And I think in my case and maybe in yours, the reason we don't obey him is because we don't fully trust him. So I want you to know God above all else. 
I want you to know God more than the service times of this church. I want you to know God beyond what you want to say about him on Facebook. I want your heart and your soul, I want you to be marrow deep in the knowledge of the goodness of God. If I were to die, the moment this is over with, I could be satisfied if you would leave here today and say, I want to know God. As a matter of fact, I want you to want to know God. But I believe it all starts with, with this sense that I, I should trust and know God because of his power. The God who flung the stars into space with his voice. The God who created you and said, that is really good. The psalmist David in Psalm 19, I imagine him laying in the shepherd fields in Bethlehem with his head on a rock in a starry night like a candelabra over Bethlehem and David looking up into the night sky and seeing the multitude of stars and him writing this 19th Psalm where it says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. I can imagine David looking into the heaven and recognizing the power of God who flung that creation into space. Aristotle, a pretty bright dude, said this, the beauty, the order, and the harmony of the universe is but an expression of the will of God. We should know God in his power. Did you know that light travels at about 186,000 miles a second? I mean, that's faster than Jenny drives. <laughs> it moves from Earth past the moon in two seconds. But traveling at that speed, it still has to travel four and a half years to get to the nearest star. And at 186,000 plus miles per second, it would have to travel for 10 billion years and still not reach the realm of the known universe. That is why we should know God in his power. The God who flung creation into space bigger than we could imagine more glorious than we could ever see. That God is the God that is your God. That is the God that this is his house. That is the God that we come to worship. The one that has more power than we could overwhelmingly understand. This is a God that we should know by his power. But I believe we also should know God through his purpose. This is one of the things that truly just thrills me. That when we know God, we will know his purpose. And God's purpose is always people. God's purpose always connects people. So if you're here today and you're wondering, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's my purpose in life. Your purpose in life, according to God, is connect your life, your will, to the life and the will of God. And through that and in his power, find a purpose to serve people. You say, well, Chuck, I don't particularly like people. Okay. But this is not your choice. You got to find other people that are cool not talking to you because they know you don't like people. And they exist. I know some of y'all. But could I just say this? If we're going to know God in his power, we must know God in his purpose. And his purpose, my friend, is you. His purpose are others. Now, I want to be clear here because... Uh, 
In 1 Timothy, Paul wrote these words. This is a God who has a will for who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. This is a God who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And you say, well, wait a minute, Chuck, hold on. Not those people. I don't like those people. And by the way, Chuck, our church is starting to look like those people. Well, you better buckle up. Heaven's going to be a tough ride for some of y'all. Because God put no limitation on this. His purpose is not just for us people. His purpose are for all those people out there. Every time I walk up here and I see an empty teal chair, I am reminded that we are so far from being everything God has called us to be because we don't seem to have a broken heart enough to say, I want to make sure that seat next to me is filled with some of those people. No amens on that one, right? Listen, the book of Romans in chapter 8, verse 29 said, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. When you are looking for God's purpose for your life, you first understand his purpose, people. If we're to know God, we have to know his power. If we're to know God, we have to know his purpose. But this is my favorite thing. To truly know God, we have to know his promises. To truly know God, we've got to claim his promises. You can trust the power, the purpose, and the, and, and the promise of the divine. How many of you have ever promised something with great intent, but you didn't fall, follow through with it? Anybody? Okay, uh, no, okay, we had a few people not listening. If you've ever made a promise and you didn't come good on it, does that include you? Is that possible? Okay, great. So watch this. This is why the power and the purpose of God is so essential in our life is that when we claim the power, when we are attached to the purpose, now what we have is we can claim with certainty his promises. He is a God who cannot lie. He is a God that will not lie. He is a God that has already created you with great purpose, and now he has great promise. And the promise, I think, that is most overwhelming to me is that he loves me and he loves you unconditionally. You say, well, Chuck, you don't know where I was last night or what I was doing, but he does. The scripture says there is no place you can run and hide from him. He is everywhere. And you say, but Chuck, I'm so embarrassed. I got drugged to church because my life has fallen apart and I've made every bad decision. And God says, I know you're my kid. Jump up in my lap. Let's forgive you and let's do something special. I've got promises for you. Our greatest need is to be loved unconditionally. By the way, counting on his power and knowing his purpose and understanding his promise, the church must learn to love unconditionally as well. We cannot love people we agree with and stop. We cannot, we cannot try to scream at one group of people and simultaneously love them out of our own preference when God has no condition on his love for them. You say, well, Chuck, you're messing with me now. Well, listen to what the text said. Paul, the, who founded the early church and was underway, said, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, 
angels or demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God promises us eternal life. Listen to me, friend. Look at this text. Look at this text. When you are alone, drink that in. When you are overwhelmed, drink that in. When you are upset with the church and the people in the church, drink that in. When you feel like everybody's left you alone, drink that in. When the doctor says cancer, drink it in. When the boss says you're done, drink it in. This is the promise of God. But he also promises eternal life for God so loved the world. I love this. God, if you're going to write anything down, would you do this? If you're going to post anything on social media, will you post this? God will never call you to to a place and leave you unattended. God will never call you to a place and leave you unattended. I've heard preachers say this all my life. God will never call you where you can't handle it. That is a lie. God will most definitely call you places where you cannot handle it. But that's why he's in attendance, because he's got to do the heavy lifting. So when, when things are wrong, drink in that promise. God will never call you to a place to leave you unattended. Listen, Psalm 5 says this in verse 12, his favor will surround you like a shield. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31, for if God is for you, who could ever be against you? And when you claim this truth, With expectation, you give God the space and the invitation to show his glory in your life. I want you to know God. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for the testimony. I want to thank you for the the grizzles. I want to thank you for all that you allow us to be about as a church. But Lord, I want to ask you to step into the hearts and the heads of men and women and students in this room and online and fill us with your knowledge and your power and your purpose. And Lord, overwhelm us with your promise. Soak us where we just simply ooze your goodness. God, I believe there are people online and people in this room that need to settle where they're at with Jesus right now. And the Bible says the only way to be right with God so that every power, every promise, every purpose is knitted together with Father is to be able to say, I want to ask Jesus, I want to ask him to come into my life. The Lord says, he puts it this way, call on the name of the Lord. I don't have a magic bullet. I don't have a magic emotion and I don't have a magic prayer. What I do know is this, if you want to trust Jesus so that you can know God, I just want you, I want you to just be able to say it out loud. In a moment, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you to just say that. You don't have to say it loud. I just want to ask you to say it loud. For every person in this room, in a car, at a ball field, or or in their home right now, if 
If you say, I, I want to call on the name of the Lord. I don't even know what all that means yet, but I want to call on the name of the Lord. I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask you to just say me. That's all I want you to just say me. One, two, three. Yeah. Lord, that's our purpose. Uh, those me's, that's our purpose. Lord, uh, give us the courage to give next week, but Lord, I, I'm giving it to you. Lord, right now, Satan is screaming in my ear. You got to remind him and you got to bellyache. So, Lord, I'm going to trust you with it. And I'm going to end this prayer by saying, I trust you and this church trusts you above all things. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, amen. Come on, we got to take an offering. And once you guys get in place, man, just start passing. But if you're not going to give after that, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I mean, truly. We've had people call this week wanting to know how, to, how do you give stocks and would you take cars and I mean, all kind of stuff. And you know what I'd say? I, I agree with what Paula said. Just pray, listen, obey, do what the Lord tells you to do. I think I did today what I was supposed to do. And so I'm going to trust him to do that in your life too. I want to ask us to sing this hymn. After the baskets come by, would you stand up with us? We're going to get you out of here. Just one, we'll do a half a song or so. If you need to stand up to reach your wallet when it comes by, do that too. I love this, I love this old hymn. This one's kind of ancient. Yeah, Be Thou My Vision. Would you sing it as a prayer in your life with this one knowledge? I want to know God. Above all else this week, I want to know God. Let's sing. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my Amen. heart, not be yeah. all else to me. Amen. Say that Come on, thou art, thou my best thought, by day or Come on, church. by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence, my Come on, Zach, let's keep going. my wisdom Amen. and thou my true word I, love this. I ever with thee and thou with me Lord listen to this thou my thou great father I thy true son what a promise thou in me dwelling and I with God, I pray as these folks go today that they will have one desire and one desire only, and that is to greatly know you. So, Lord, we don't want to leave with fanfare. We don't want to leave with a chant. We don't want to leave with a cheer. Lord, I don't even want to leave with a blessing. Lord, I pray what we leave with is this one statement. I want to know God. Because, Lord, you are worth more than that, more than we could comprehend. And we praise you and thank you. In the name of Jesus, 